This episode is sponsored by Paleo Valley. Paleo Valley's meat sticks have been a lifesaver during this hot summer. Since they're shelf stable, I always have three Paleo Valley meat sticks in my bag at all times. It's also been perfect for my boys' lunch boxes. I love Paleo Valley's grass finished beef sticks and pasture raised turkey sticks because they support US family farmers that focus on regenerative agriculture. These meat sticks are from animals that have never been fed grains, soy, corn, or GMOs and have never been given antibiotics. The spices in these meat sticks are also 100% organic. The sticks come in five different flavors, and my favorite is the original beef stick, and my boys love the teriyaki beef sticks and the original pasture raised turkey stick. Paleo Valley's meat sticks are a perfect snack and, frankly, a great value without skimping on quality. Each stick is about $2 with our discount code, and it comes in a 10 pack bag. Make sure to support this podcast and head over to paleovalley.comslash CATG and use code CATG to get 15% off your first order. Thanks for listening and supporting the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. Laura and I are just going to be talking really candid. This is what this podcast is all about. It's one thing to say, I want to eat something else that's not meat. It's a whole other thing to say, you need to eat something else that's not meat. If you notice that you're jumping from diet to diet, at a certain point, you have to wonder. The only common denominator is me. Get outside, go for a walk, get some vitamin D, breathe some fresh air,、uh, and, and stay happy and healthy and, and take care of yourselves. Let's just have some real talk. <laughs> Welcome to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. Thanks for joining the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. My name is Judy Cho, and I'm here with my co host and friend, Laura Spath. And today we are We really just wanted to talk about the year in review. I mean, it is close to the end of the year. I think there's only a few weeks left. And we just wanted to do a podcast of reflection as I think it's around this time that we start thinking about New Year's resolutions and, you know, what the year has just brought us. And so I don't know, Laura, for you,、um, are there certain things that you are personally reflecting on for this, for this past year? Yeah, it's hard for me to look at the big picture sometimes because. You know, I'm somebody who really tries to focus on one day at a time. And you and I talk about that a lot daily wins and, and keeping things in the moment. But I think to look back and see how far we've come or the progress we've made and looking at this longer term big picture is sometimes so helpful. You know, in the corporate world, we were doing our annual reviews right now. And like you mentioned, doing Setting New Year's resolutions. Well, I think before we set those resolutions, it's kind of important to have an honest look at where we are right now. I also think in the nutrition health space, sometimes we get so bogged down with, like, I haven't lost weight this week. I'm stalled today. I had a cheat day and now I'm off track. But if you're looking at your entire year, you know, from a weight loss perspective,、um, Did you, you know, are you start gaining or losing? And sometimes that one pound a week can feel like such a small amount versus when you're looking at the entire year. And I think that's, I think it's really helpful. And before we start setting all of our goals up for next year, it's saying, did what I was doing this year work?、Um, my biggest goal for the entire year, and I kind of did this last year for the first time of setting like, what's my goal for the year or what's my word for the year? And my focus for 2021 was consistency. 
I have always had major weight fluctuations, even, you know, losing, but starting in January and ending in December, I have always had a major difference in my weight. Um, Even as I was going through this carnivore world, you know, I wish that I was more consistent. So if I'm looking at every individual day or even individual months, I probably had some fluctuations throughout this year, but I am so proud to say that when I look at this as a January to December, I am ending the year a pretty close to the same weight. I'm within a few pounds. I don't remember exactly, but essentially I'm ending the year the same weight that I started the year. Now, that doesn't mean I'm the weight, my ideal weight. It doesn't mean I'm the lowest weight that I want to be. But for me, it is a huge win. And I can be really proud of myself just simply at the fact that like, when you're looking at the entire year, I was consistent. Now, it doesn't mean every day was I consistent or every week was I perfect. But when I'm looking at that full year, I am proud of the consistency that I've had. And I'm hoping that that means I'm learning some and finding some balance. And I'm able to continue to build on that moving forward. Compared to any other diet, like the ketogenic or any other diet you've done in your life, what was the difference in the consistency now versus the consistency before? I think a lot of it is being able to be satisfied with my food. You know, it's, it's, I really enjoy eating steaks. And so it's not like I'm having um, tons of cravings all the time. I also think I'm learning more about how to deal with the mental side of things. So if I am having sweet cravings or sugar cravings, I'm learning more how to deal with that. I've, you know, really, we've talked, you know, a lot about transitioning to the mental side of things and dealing with the root cause issues of food. And I think 2020 was the big realization that like, yeah, you lost weight, but you still have major issues with food and realizing that and kind of coming to terms with it. And then this year has been a lot more focusing on, okay, how do I proactively avoid those temptations? How do I proactively handle those situations that I know are going to be stressful? Because now I realize what those problems are. And so this year really took a much more like proactive look of, okay, this happened. How do you not let it spiral? Like if this is your decision that you're making, like how do you not let it throw you off track or how do you stay on track in one of these situations that's going to be arising? And that, I think that was definitely the biggest thing for me this year. What I'm, what I'm hearing from you is that it's not really that the goal was the end weight was the same as the beginning weight, but just that within the 12 months that there were less like ups and downs and just struggling with food here and there. Um, but it was just a lot more consistent where you nourished yourself and you uh, felt good and that there were less times where you were just struggling in general with food, with weight, with diet, with. Yeah. And I think finding the way to enjoy enjoy the food that I'm eating, not necessarily be as crazy about like you're eating outside your meal window and finding out like where that balance of like real life versus health is, you know, realizing that I can't go off the rails, realizing that one cheat day is going to lead to a spiral for me. And so like all of those things are kind of helping me just to stay on track, but also not feel like I'm so strict and bound up that it's causing me stress. Uh, if that makes sense. And I feel like that's where, or so focused, you know, 2019 was my 2018, 2019 was like get skinny time. And I was so focused on getting skinny that that was really my only focus. 
and everything else kind of was put to the side and it really affected my health, obviously in a negative way. And so then this 2020 was, well, that was not healthy. So let's swing back the other direction. And it caused a lot of that weight gain. And so I, you know, I think 2021 has really been more about like, how do I maintain this forever? Like I can't be on this crazy strict, only eat five meals a week regimen forever. And I also can't just like throw all that structure that I had out the window. So it was really about how can I find a long-term solution? And for me, that is carnivore. For me, that it's that place where I can be the healthiest. You know, I use fasting still as a lever, but I'm not as concerned about my fasting window every day. Um, I'm not afraid to be flexible as far as like when I'm eating or even like having an extra, you know, last night, Chris and I sat on the couch and we're watching TV and we both grabbed some pork chips that I had made, which is just pork and salt. And, and that's okay. No big deal. If I were to do that every day, I might gain some weight, but it's realizing that I can do that once in a while because that's my real life and I enjoy it. And I don't have to, um, be as obsessive about, but I might gain Wait, it's outside my weeding window, eating window. This is too many calories for the day, right? And that's where I think the consistency is. If I don't have moments like that where I'm able to kind of eat when I want or enjoy things, moments like that, it's going to end up throwing me off completely. And so I still focus on that. What I'm eating has to be low carb because I know that I can't handle sugar because that's that drug for me. But consistently over the years, or over the entire year, I've been able to, um, maintain my weight, which is, I mean, that, that alone is just a really big deal for me. You know, it's funny. Um, I think we both started carnivore around the same time, maybe like three, four years ago. And I think we are going through similar trajectories. Our paths are definitely different, but you went from losing a lot of weight and then trying to be that thin and then realizing there's, it's not, all unicorns and rainbows at that weight. And then just trying to figure out where your balance was with happiness and the fasting and weight loss and just trying to be uh, better balanced. And then now you're just trying to find a real life balance, right? So you know, your limits are, well, maybe I shouldn't be eating too many carbs because that can trigger me. Maybe if I snack too much and I eat too much out of the eating window, I may gain weight. And so I have a similar thing where I've healed so much with carnivore with my eating disorder and just um, turning to food for any type of emotion. And now I feel like I am trying to find the real life where, okay, if I'm going to introduce some amount of carbs, whether it's vegetables, whether it's some type of sugar, where is my limit? And if I ever, like, it sounds like for you or me, if we ever need to reel it in, it's just, okay, let's go back to the basics. Let's go back to carnivore meat only and find that strictness so that we can just get back to baseline, and then we can figure out where it's real life for us. And I think that's where ideally people should go. It's where we're not really bogged down by a diet, but just figuring out what works for us in the real world. And just seeing your journey has been, it's been very inspiring because there's been a lot of healing. And I think that's why I brought that up in Leanne's podcast. I've seen you grow a lot and especially the mental health side, which is such a hard thing to see, but just talking with you and, you know, having life with you, it's obvious that you've grown so much in that area. And and that, that, I appreciate that. I, I think that's where, that's where I have to get away from the weight side of it. And just like the number on the scale and saying like, yeah, I could be skinnier if I was more strict. And if I stayed at that baseline, you're right. 
I know where my baseline is. I know what the, what fasting window is going to make me thinner. And I know what those things are, but in a lot of ways, like that's not sustainable for me long-term. And that's why I always did a diet. I could be strict at something for us for a period of time to lose weight. But then I had a hard time staying on track after that because nothing was sustainable long-term. And so I think that's where this year has really been that focus of like, how do I find what's going to work for me long-term? And like, what is that level of strictness? What is that level of fasting? What do I need to do for my health? And then obviously, you know, healing and doing the work. We've done a lot of podcast episodes where we talk about just like happiness and like that happiness pie chart. It was just like a huge moment for me to kind of focus on like, what is it that's going to make me happy long-term? And I mean, I will say too, this year was crazy in my personal life and I took on a new job in July and then I instantly started traveling. And so from July until December, I've had 60 flights. Like I just looked up my Southwest stuff yesterday. So 60 flights in like six months, like that's crazy. And the fact that that alone hasn't caused me to go on this complete bender and gain 50 pounds, like that would have been so easy for me to do. Um, and, and so that, that's where I kind of, when I'm looking at those day-to-day moments or like I ate four times today, but it was like cheese and pork rinds and jerky and burger patties and chicken wings. Like it feels very frustrating and you can get down on yourself. Or even if it was carbs, like you're somebody who had carbs that day, taking a step back and looking at the big picture of saying like, wow, I was able to find balance or I didn't let it throw me off for weeks or months. I didn't let it spiral me out of control. Um, right. I know very easily every other time in my life, a change like this in my life, my sleep schedule has been terrible because of all these crazy flights. Like all of those things alone would have caused me to have like this major setbacks. And so looking at the year as a whole, I feel like it was a huge win because I've stayed the same in a lot of ways, which shows me how much growth I've had. And I, I mean, that makes a lot of sense, especially with your past history where, you know, you could travel anywhere and then eat whatever you want. And right. and it could just be a way of just being luxurious with your food. So it's, it's a good testament. And um, it's fun to see you travel and just try different restaurants that are meat focused and you can eat like Brazilian or you could eat lobster. And it's pretty cool to see how you're doing carnivore in a real world scenario. And I think that's pretty cool. I think we should all focus on if people can remember where their resolutions were for 2021, obviously a lot of us struggled during 2020 because of the pandemic. And then we wish that 2021 will be different, that the pandemic will be over. And obviously it's not, but we ended up having, you know, more lofty goals, I'd say than 2020 and um, just trying to get out of whatever happened in 2020. And so for 2021, it's, I would recommend people to look at, where were your resolutions and did you meet them? And if you didn't meet them, um, why didn't you? And was it a circumstance? And even of those things, are they still relevant to you? Are they still important? And then just taking some time to figure out what could have been better, you know, what went well, what didn't. And then also going back to, you know, Laura, what you alluded to with the happiness pie chart of the goals that you had, would it fit into that happiness pie chart? If we have a happiness pie chart. If we have a pie chart that fulfills what makes us happy, if one of the things that your resolution stated was, I want to lose 10 pounds, would that 10 pound loss um, determine your happiness? And if it doesn't, 
then maybe it's not as important as we think it is. Right. So it's just things that like that, that we should really reflect on. And, and then that will then offspring you to prepare for what you want to set as your resolutions for the next year. I, I think for me, Looking back in 2021, I mean, it's been a whirlwind with the Carnivore Cure release. And then, you know, I've been very busy with trying to balance things. And so I thought like the database and the program would be nearly done by now. And it's not. So um, there's a lot of things that I could reflect on. But um, but okay, so what when you're reflecting right now, you're focusing on the <laughs> negative things and you're focusing personally on like, I wish this would have been better. And when we talk about reflecting, like, yes, it's important to realize like where you got stuck and what you would hope to accomplish differently next year. But being able to sit there and be proud of the positive moments and think about like, what are the things that you are the most proud of over the last year? And so you have to say it for real now. Uh, So think about like, what are the things that you feel like went well for you this year? What wins did you experience throughout the course of the year? And, you know, what are some accomplishments that you're proud of? Uh, Whether it's diet related or personally, what are some things that went well for you this year? I do think that I've healed a lot with the eating disorder. Um, I don't think I struggle at all. Obviously, there's days where um, I do feel like if I have anxiety, I feel like, okay, I want to go into the pantry. I do feel it. Um, I don't really buy into it as much now. So and even if I did, it's like very small. I've never, you know, purged or done the things like that. So that is a huge, huge win for me. Um, and this is not just the first year. So I see myself continuously growing. And then just being able to be accepting of my weight, even if I desire to be thinner, that type of stuff. Um, and then in terms of my family, you know, just finding, um, I was really concerned about where my kids would go to school. And I just found a school that fits our needs and with more like minded people. And so that's been really comforting. Um, and then in terms of career, it's, um, it's weird. I don't consider Nutrition with Judy a career because it's more like my passion project, but it obviously is my work. But I think I'm frustrated where no, what's I want the good to help things, more people. Though? So what's the good <laughs> things that happened with Nutrition with Judy in 2021? So it's helping people yes. and advocating for people, but I wish I could advocate for more. So that's, I know. Um, just being able to help people and, uh, well, now the exciting thing is you're hiring. So that's a really good win is you've gotten to the point where you, to, to be able to help more people, you have to uh, hire more people. And so that hopefully setting you up for, you know, great, the ability to expand on how, how many people you can help and the ways that you can do that moving forward. Yeah. So everything is good. My husband and I, we celebrated our 10 year first date anniversary, and we were just talking about where do you see yourself in five years? And we were just talking about a lot of those things. And we felt like we there's nothing we wanted more than what we have right now. And it felt really nice to talk about that. I think we aspire for a lot of things. And it's just if we continue the path that we are with serving people and having happy kids and healthy family, I mean, there's really not much more that we can ask for. And so we're very, very grateful for the things we have. And so I don't deny that at all. I just, you know, yeah. the the perfectionist in me wants more and like, I want to help more people and do more, but I'm, I'm very grateful. And I, and I feel that um, God has given me certain talents and I feel that we should be um, sharing our talents and sharing it for other people. So um, I think it's yeah. my calling and I'm grateful that I found my calling because I don't think a lot of people do find their calling. So definitely grateful, but there's more to come. 
Yeah. What about you, Laura? From a from a personal, per, you know, from a personal perspective, like uh, it's a huge win, and for me, that was just something simple. Like you and I were able to get our families together this year. Obviously, we met in person for the first time this year. Was um, it or earlier the beginning of the year? Yeah, it was just this year, right? Isn't that crazy? Was it? Wow. Um, and then so a couple of times we were able to hang out together, and then obviously we were able to get our families together, which was a really fun yeah. um, personal win, I guess that was an exciting time to be able to figure that out. You know, my, our family is still working to find our balance. So I'm proud of my corporate job and, you know, everything, it seems like everything with social media has taken a backseat, which in some ways, like, I guess I'm proud of because of the fact that I don't let like social media is a fun thing and it's here and I love sharing, but I also don't let it control my life. I have a real job and I'm, we're a single income family. You know, it's, we've made the decision to have Chris be a stay at home dad. And so I'm very grateful that we've been able to extend that another year, but it does make it so that my priority has to be my real life corporate job. Um, and then even from a person, another personal perspective, like we started our podcast this year. So, you know, that was a really fun thing that we get to do. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm proud of that. So we'll see what, what's to come with all of this, whether it's my career or social media or podcast and all of those things, um, next year, I can't wait to kind of think back about, um, some more specifics on all those. You know, I, I know I've already mentioned to you about the podcast, but it's been such a saving grace for me because there were times during this year where, you know, things got hard on social media. And so just sharing a different perspective or just what we're thinking offline, um, it's been really cathartic for me um, just personally, because Nutrition with Judy, the podcast is all about interviewing others and educating people, right? It's not as much about what I think or my thoughts. And then same thing with the social media posts is all about education. And so this gives another avenue for me to just share my thoughts and I guess share a little bit more about me. So thank you for that. I know you've completely pulled me out of just, I'm just going to be an educator and um, not really share a little bit more about my personality. So yeah, thank you. Well, it's been good. It's been good for us to connect. Yeah, yeah. And it's so much harder to like say things on a post or, you know, I have no motivation to do YouTube videos. I don't know why, but like we sit here and can have this wonderful conversation and I just get too psyched out to try to like put that into a YouTube video. So it's been fun for me. Um, What are some areas now you're going to obviously love talking about this one more. What are some areas that you feel like you got stuck (laughs) this year um, or some things that were challenges for you? Um. Well, I probably brought them up. I think my mind runs a thousand miles a minute. And then when I'm doing the actual work, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm moving like at a snail's pace. So, and I think a little bit of that is my perfectionist personality where I keep going over things. So I guess if anything, I want to help and build and grow things for Nutrition with Judy faster than I'm able to. And it's quite frustrating for me, but Again, it's, um, I know in the grander scheme of things, we've been very hugely blessed and I'm thankful for that. And I never take that for granted, but I think I could serve faster or more efficiently. And I'm trying to figure um, how to do that. And then in terms of my family, um, my priority is always my children and just making sure that they're good salt, uh, that I'm teaching them good manners. The other day, 
my kids are always outside since they don't go to school every day and they're making friends with every single neighbor. <laughs> and we're walking down the street and they told me they wanted to go to some guy's house. And I'm like, I don't know who this person is. And so I walked down a few streets with them. And on the way, they stopped by some like older grandfather and got some pistachios from him, said hi to him and then walked down a few streets and then said, this is the house. And it's just, it was very... It was nice to see that our kids trust our neighbors, our friends with the neighbors more than I am. And and then the first thing that dad said to me is, where do your kids go to school? And I said, oh, they go to like this homeschool makeshift school. Why? What's going on? And he said, your kids seem really confident and outgoing. And so I just realized it it bleeds into your children, right? Whatever we're teaching or we have them yeah. exposed to. And it was just nice. It was nice to hear that we can make a difference, right, on our children and how it affects right. our neighbors and how they are possibly thinking of different schooling just from that alone. And I thought that was pretty powerful to see. No, it's good. I think that that's part of the decisions that I know that sacrifices that your family has made for that school to happen. I know you've had to change your entire work schedule. And, you know, again, yeah. that's part of the reason why we um, have Chris as a stay-at-home dad, just because we've chosen to do like a non-traditional school system, uh, school method. And so that it's, it's part of it. It's, it's reprioritizing. It's realizing that my priorities, like while my career is important and while social media is a fun thing to do, like my priority is finding a healthy, happy situation for my kids to be in. And if nothing else, the last couple of years have taught me that my health needs to be a priority and my relationship with my kids and our happiness as a family and our health as a family. It's why, you know, Chris and the kids have gotten really active with jujitsu and, I think part of that's part of my motivation now for the first time ever about trying to stay healthy is just about actually trying to stay healthy. It's not about staying skinny anymore. It's about trying to stay healthy. You know, we, our whole family had COVID this year and just that caused a lot of reflection with if I had not gotten healthy, what could have happened? You know, it was, I mean, we pretty much breezed through that. I, we did an entire podcast on that. Um, but if we had not been healthy, if Chris was still diabetic, if I was still morbidly obese, what could have happened then? What, where would that have led our kids in the future? Like all of these different things that, you know, you think about. And then even another win, like, I don't know, this kind of circles back to like the fact that that alone didn't cause me to like go off the rails in my diet um, or in this way of eating shows, I think, how far I've come in that. Um yeah. I'm hoping that as I move forward to next year, I still do feel like I, it's hard some days. And I feel like some days I'm really taking things like minute by minute on how to avoid temptations and foods and, um, you know, not go off the rails. So some days it feels like really overwhelming still. And I hope that the longer that I can focus on this consistency, the easier that will be. Um, but I do know my baseline. I know where I feel best. And I know that this place that I can get to feeling my best is to get back to that baseline. Um, and that I can find that balance somewhere, somewhere along the way. So I know we're going to do an episode later talking about just like what are actual goals for 2021, but I feel like you can't really focus on what are your resolutions and what are your goals for the next year until you've really reflected on, you know, what's gone well and what you're doing currently. Um, and I, I said this at the beginning, but really, 
it can feel so overwhelming when you look at things day by day, or you can feel yes. like such a failure about when you're looking at things over the year. Maybe it's, maybe this year was a wake up call. Maybe you feel like eh, I can have cheat days. It's no big deal. I get off track. I get back on track. And individually your days might feel fine, but you gained 25 pounds this year. Like that might need to be a wake up call in how you right. move yourself into the next year and adjust what's going on. Uh, if you felt like you were having some cheat days here and there and got off track, but found your way back, your health is still great. Your diet's in line. You're mentally feeling good. Then maybe it's not that big of a deal. Nobody's going to come at you and take away your carnivore badge because of the fact that you kind of found something that works for you. Um, and so looking at the big picture is the best way to tell, is this working for me or not? I've increased my medication this year. I'm on more medications this year. That means what you're doing is not working for you, right? right? But what if you're off medications, if you're in a healthy weight category, if you're in a healthy mental standpoint, if you're finding that balance, uh, then set your goals moving forward to kind of help you maintain that. Yeah. And I would also add to that to be realistic. So I have a lot of clients where we'll be on like session seven and they're maybe have hit a wall and they're, you know, they're frustrated why they're not as skinny or they're not as healed as carnivore diet, you know, touts it to be. But then we'll go back to their initial interview where they list out why do they need my support? What are their yeah. biggest challenges and struggles? And then Oftentimes, that's when I'll send that to them and they'll be like, wow, I forgot how sick I was or how unwell yes. I was because we get so stuck on that. I just want the last five pounds or the last bit of my thyroid yep. medication to be removed from me. But sometimes we have to reflect back and take a step back and think of what is what are all the things I've accomplished? What are all the things that I've healed thus far? And that's why I think tracking from day one is so important because when you get on the internet or when you see things online and everyone is doing better or people are saying this diet doesn't work because of this, it's easy to fall victim and say, maybe that's why I'm not off the meds or that's why I'm not losing the weight. And sometimes it's just, we need more time. And that's all as simple as it is. Right. Look, go back and find some pictures of yourself from the holiday season last right. year and compare, like, how does your skin look? How does your, how's your hair doing? How's your weight? Like, how are you, what's your happiness level, your energy level? Like those are all really good indicators. Um, and things that when you look at yourself in the mirror every day, you may not notice. You know, as we're talking, I think my biggest, um, obviously nutrition with Judy has grown a lot in the last year, especially with clients and my services and just being more confident as a practitioner of the things that I know can help people heal. But and you're board certified now, officially. Okay. No, <laughs> that was a big win this things. year. That was a big win. I totally forgot. Um, I know you're right. It's, it's my faith with God. I think that during all the struggles, I've just, and it, you know, like, I'm not saying everyone has to convert to Christianity, you have to find your own walk. But for me to know that there's a higher being that there's a higher reason for everything that everything has a purpose. That has brought me so much sanity when there is a lot of craziness, a lot of noise in in the world in general. It's beyond me. I just got to do what I can do. And then tomorrow will be taken care of. Today's has enough troubles as, as it is. And I will just make sure that today is good. And I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. Sure, I'll have some goals. But at the core of it, um, I know where my faith is. And that has been a huge blessing for me and um, a source of peace where when I start worrying about what's the future, what does this mean? Mm -hmm. What do these passports mean? Whatever the thing may be, 
I just think, well, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, I have peace in where the future may, whatever it may hold. But for today, I'll just do what I need to do today. And that's all that matters. And that, again, has given me so much peace. And I know for a lot of my clients, that has too for others as well. Yeah, yeah, we have to have a deeper reason to do things if it's our selfish, superficial reasons of I want to look good and I want to be skinny. And, you know, it doesn't it's not going to sustain you long term. And it might be a good motivation to get started in the first place. And maybe that's how you found this way of eating. But there has to be something deeper, you know, your family and your faith and your uh, community and your health. Like there has to be deeper reasons behind it. I don't think I could have ever just said like, I want to be healthy and that's my root cause is I want to be healthy for my kids long-term. Like I wish that could have been my reason when I started, but my reason when I started was I want to look skinnier. I want to be skinnier, but along the way you have to find your deeper reasons of your faith and your family and something else to sustain you because the superficial isn't going to last with so many, which so much of this. Yeah, because I mean, if you really think about it, when we're on our deathbed, I don't think anyone says, I wish I was 10 pounds thinner right now. Yeah, I don't think people say, um, I wish I worked more, right? I wish I did this more, that more. It's just what, and that goes back to that happiness pie chart. When you're dying, uh, what do you want to be remembered for or what? And that's where we should be marching towards those goals um, every single day. And it's it's the fulfillment and feeling that you have purpose. And that's what really will drive happiness. And Everyone has to define that for themselves because everyone will be different. And that that's what will bring you sanity on a day-to-day basis. It's just marching towards those goals and you have to define those goals again. Um, yeah. And then it makes the day-to-day easier and some days won't be perfect and that's okay. So as we move into next year and before you can set those New Year's resolutions and as everybody's starting to write those goals out, before you start writing down your X number of pounds you want to hit or your, um, your, your goals that you want to hit, start reflecting on this year and where you've come this year. What are the things that you're the most proud of? Take time, Judy, to think about all those wins <laughs> from this year and really focus on the things that you're just so proud of and that went really well for you. And I think then you can look at, you know, where are you stuck and what are the goals that you want to set for next year? I will say as a side note, I think the reason why I don't focus on my wins is because I want to always be humble, but I am grateful. I definitely am. Even just focusing on like, what were your happiest moments this year? And my guess is it wasn't that time that you ate that cake. It was a moment with a person or a family or a relationship. And if you're focusing on what were your happiest moments this year, then we can think about how can we put ourselves in a position to enjoy more of those happy moments next year. And that's the goals that we can focus on uh, for next year. Thanks for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please rate us on Apple Podcast. We appreciate the support. Um, Stay tuned. We are going to be focusing on setting some New Year's resolutions coming up. And then we're going to be doing a lot of basic uh, intro as people are starting their new goals in the upcoming year. So we hope you stick around. Thanks, everybody. Happy holidays. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to share and leave us a review and leave any comments and questions on Apple Podcasts. We will read and answer your questions and comments on an upcoming podcast episode. This also helps us to share our real talk with more community members. You can also find me on my other podcast, Nutrition with Judy, on all podcast channels. You can also follow my content on Nutrition with Judy's Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find Carnivore Cure in paperback, ebook, and audio on Amazon. 
I also have a blog post and weekly newsletter with nutrition and wellness updates. You can sign up at nutritionwithjudy.com. You can find Laura on Instagram at Laura Eastbath. You can follow along on her daily stories and see some of her funny skits. You can also find Laura on her YouTube channel where she shares tips on living a meat-based lifestyle. If you're wondering how much meat to eat in a day, week, or month, Laura has you covered. She also shares how to make a perfect sear on a steak and how extended fasting looks like in real life. You can find her YouTube channel by searching Laura's Bath. Thanks again for listening to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. And remember, make sure to cut against the grain. <laughs>